You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's have a look at a set of results from a JSE listed company. And this is a company that has fascinated me for a couple of decades, actually, because it listed in the late 1990s, I think it was. And when everyone else that listed at the same time sort of fell by the wayside, the Peregrine Group has sustained itself and continued to grow. The company came out with its annual results to the year ended March of 2019 by saying the following. It announced that its assets under management grew to $124 billion, and that's up 20% in the financial year to the end of March. However, tough market conditions, it says, as a caveat, contributed towards lower performance fees from Stenham and Peregrine Capital and subdued earnings from Java Capital, resulting in a decline of 7% in ongoing segmental headline earnings per share. On the telephone now is Robert Katz, who is the CEO of Peregrine. Tough times, Robert, in the financial services industry, from what I'm reading from your results. Tough times indeed, Lindsay. Tough times indeed. And as Peregrine is a global financial services company, um, you know, both global markets and local markets affect us. We have Roughly, you know, just over 50% of our earnings offshore. Um, so our, um, our, our, our offshore earnings are significantly impacted by, by predominantly global markets. And, uh, you know, our, 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 the rest of our businesses are local um, and local markets impact locally, obviously, as well. So, so both sides are impacted materially um, by, by both challenging markets locally and internationally. And obviously, locally, we've got additional uh, challenges that, are, that, 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 that I'm sure you and your listeners are well aware of locally. Yes, we are very, very well aware of that. And I think everyone will be well aware of that tonight at the State of the Nation Address, um, which I'm looking forward to enormously. 50% of your earnings come yes. from offshore. But you say that they're challenging offshore, but, I mean, when you look at the U.S markets they're almost at all-time record highs so when you say offshore are you talking about offshore emerging markets other developed markets apart no, from no, the no, US? no 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 i'm talking about all markets emerging and 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 uh, and um, and uh, developed yes lindsay most of our performance fees offshore come from our stenum asset management operation that's our our uh, our fund manager offshore and the, the vast majority of those performance fees occur on the 31st of December. So that's a binary event. Yes. So on 31 December, you either hit your performance fee targets or you don't. And as you well know, in December, international markets uh, you know, seriously uh, came off. So because of the timing of the manifestation of performance fee dates, we had a, a very, very small indeed performance fee manifestation yes. on 31 December 2018. So it's not that, you know, in other businesses, performance fees are, are earned um, regularly throughout the year. In that business, almost all performance fees are earned on one date. Right. And it's just, you know, unfortunate from a timing point of view that that date was 31 <laughs> December, which is the poorest, you know, obviously of the market. Yes, it was a terrible month. I remember the S&P was down nearly exactly 9% right. during, during that month. And exactly I thought that right. it was going to carry exactly on. But of right. course, the, but it hasn't carried on. We'll talk about the markets later on. But talk about the segmental analysis, if, if you would. What's done well and what's done badly? You've spoken about uh, Stenham and Peregrine Capital and subdued earnings from Java Capital. Maybe you could describe in a nutshell what happened. Okay, so so our Citadel business, which uh, you know, which is now the biggest business in the Peregrine Group, did very very well. Uh, Citadel grew earnings by thirteen percent, um, 
And that was off the back of very, very, very strong uh, annuity flows. Uh, a little bit of performance fees on the uh, you know, gross level of performance fees, 40 million. So it's not insignificant performance fees. But you know, I just want to make one um, a caveat statement across the whole group is that performance fees across the group were muted. So it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just the reality of the situation. So we are particularly pleased of, uh, of Citadel, a very, very, very strong um, annuity performance indeed. Uh, driven off the back of uh, a lot of vertical integration initiatives off the back of two uh, you know, acquisitions we did in the last couple of years. So we actually saw a widening of our jaws. Jaws is uh, you know, the, a term I learned in, in my banking days with hmm. where the compound growth in revenue, the compound growth in expenses. So in 2018, the jaws were 2%, and in 2019, that jaws has grown to 4%. And that has actually given us an enhanced yield off the book, together with our vertical integration um, activities. We've also seen uh, a significant increase in our AUM, up from $44 billion to just over $51 billion, um, driven in part by, uh, by a weaker end, because you know approximately half of our assets are offshore in this business. So it does help. It certainly does help. Um, uh, 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 yeah, a weaker rand. A weaker rand helps Peregrine overall. But yes. what's very, very pleasing is that our regular client inflows uh, exceeded that of last year by, you know, close to a billion rand. And our outflows um, were about 500 million less than last year, which which is very positive in, in a business that, you know, people do live off their money. So, so we are quite... Uh, you know, uh, quite pleased with our considerable result, and our client retention ratio is over 97%. So our clients are obviously happy with us as well. So when our clients are happy, we're happy, and uh, you know, it's coming through through in the results. So Citadel really, really did well in a very, very tough, challenging environment. As I say, up 13%. If we move on to um, you know to our to our primary hedge fund business, Bergen Capital. I think there's two statements I want to make. Number one, the industry has lost money. Um, I'm sure you know you and because uh, of the bull market. And, and you know, sorry to interrupt you, but is it because of the bull market? And you tend to uh, do badly when everyone's going for the vanilla option of just buying equities, or is is there some other problem there? No, I think I think you know if you, if I look at the hedge fund industry in total, I think that there were fee pressures on the model. Okay, um, across the group. As well as you know, as what your point of it now, you know, muted returns. I use muted in inverted commas vis-a-vis -vis, you know a regular bull market. What we're actually seeing now is is, is in more choppier times. You know, the hedge fund returns returning returning more to what actually the tin says. So you know, the 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 the, the industry as a whole has uh, has taken a little bit of uh, pain. Mm. Um, but our our performance fees were. We're, we're poor in this year in, 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 the, in the hedge fund business, not because of investment returns. Our investment returns were quite good over the period, simply because we had some, uh, some you know, poor performances in the first quarter of the 2018 calendar year, which had to be made up. So we're in performance fee territory now, but because of the, but it's actually a, a, a little bit, um, uh, um, we, we had, Tremendous performance in the funds for 12 months into 31 March, but yeah. because of performance fees that had to be made up in the prior, we don't get a matching of performance to performance fees. It's a little bit counterintuitive, but that's what it is. Um, but, you know, we've made it up now. So hopefully in the 2020 year, we will get, um, you know, this year we will, we will see performances. But it is dependent to a, to, to a, to a degree on markets. And, um, you know, we do, we do need strong markets for Peregrine to do very, very well. It's just the nature of the business. 
It's not 100% correlated, but 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 it is the nature of the business. So so you know in that business, um, you know it, the, the the underlying investment performance has been good for the last 12 year, 12 months, but performance fees have lagged because of the first three months of of, of 2018. If we take um, Stenham Asset Management, Stenham Asset Management had, you know, they had a moderate year. Their, their annuity flows were matched to that of last year, but last year we had a tremendous uh, performance fee manifestation on 31 December, and in the current year, 31 December, as I've, as I said to you, was was a poor month, and we didn't get performance fees. But the business is sound. The annuity flows are strong, um, and. Um, you know, if, if if we get a bit of help from international markets in that business, hopefully we will get uh, we will get um, some performances there. And on the trust side, it's a steady as you go business. Two million pounds per annum. It's been like that for a while. It's never going to move the needle up or down. Um, so you know, that's a nice flow of of, of annuity flows. Um, the one the one business which is really struggling, as you you you're right upset. Up front, Lindsay is, yeah. um, is Java Capital, right. and the reality is that Java Capital are a purely South African business, focused on South African uh, debt and capital markets, especially cap raises uh, and advisory. And there's just very, very, very little activity taking place in the sector. What we decided to do, um, we decided to, uh, to 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 write off 100 million of our invest, initial investment of 205 million. Um, we have got about 70% of that initial investment back by way of cash dividends. But looking forward, we do believe that in the current South African local environment, uh, the carrying value needed to be reduced by 100 million. It's not to say that we can't write it up if, 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 if conditions change, but we, you know, we don't, have, we're not anticipating it. Hence, you know, the the, the, the current write down. Um, it's not a cash write down, and it doesn't impact dividends or headline earnings. But, you know, we just do believe that that number of the carrying value is topish in the current South African uh, environment. Things could change, and hopefully they will change. Um, but as we speak, uh, that's our view. As we speak, of course, uh, as we pre-record this interview, there's the futures closeout going on, or just about to go on. And when I think of the futures closeout, I think of Peregrine, because you were always dominant as one of the the biggest brokers. But, of course, you got rid of Peregrine Securities. Why did you do that? Well, it's a simple reason. Um uh, the reason that we disposed of the business was uh, primarily due to the fact that we want to be a high dividend paying company. Linda, you'll see today we declared a final dividend of a rand that yes. together with our first maiden interim dividend day, 85 cents declared in September, brings a total dividend for 185 for the year. On a share price round, about 18 rand um, gives you an over 10% uh, dividend yield, which is quite healthy. And when I went to the market, uh, um, when I said that we've disposed of our securities business, I said that we will be able to now pay an interim dividend and a higher, fired, higher final dividend simply because we wanted Peregrine, once we had uh, unbundled our proprietary assets, we then looked at Peregrine and wanted it to be a more uh, annuity-based, high-dividend-paying, low-capital-intensive business. And the securities business, by its very nature, securities business is a high-capital business and would have prevented us from paying these kind of dividends because you've got to you know, have regulatory capital investment in the business. What the business that we, the, the residual business that we've got are very low-capital, low-cash-requirement uh, uh, um, business. So we can pay out quite comfortably 80 to 90% of our profits on an annual basis um, by way of dividends, the only the only reason we would hold back uh, not paying 100% is uh, you know the regulatory capital requirements on working capital growth, which is what we've done. So the reason that we disposed the the Peregrine Capital business was we didn't want to be you know constantly having to invest 
capital into a business. We would rather, you know, return capital to shareholders, which is what we we started doing in a big way now. What's your prospect statement? And associated with that question is where do you see Peregrine in a year's time, three years time, five years time? Because the South African the South African financial services environment is a challenging one. It has been challenging. Maybe it'll perk up as the economy starts to rejuvenate itself. But on the other hand, some people are talking about South Africa going down the drain. So what do you say when you sit down with your board, your board members, your stakeholders and your shareholders? What do you say? Do you focus on getting that 50% offshore element that you spoke about earlier on up to 60%, 70 75%? Or do you say, no, we're going to stick to no, South Africa? Not, no. There's no fixed, hard and fast rule on this. We are always constantly looking for acquisitions. We do believe that um, the right acquisitions, right priced in financial services that are highly cash generative where we can add value to it and it can add value to us are where we want to play. We do believe a particularly sweet spot for us would be in the Citadel um, stable around about the 200 odd million rand um, ticket price which would be enabling us to vertically integrate the assets that we get. Um, that's more or less where the absolute sweet spot for our business is. What we will not do is we won't swing the bat wildly, uh, especially with our cash pile that we've got from the residual from the sale of securities business. So we're not going to, to do that. And, you know, the, uh, on, on offshore acquisitions, it's all the harder to do, uh, to do acquisitions offshore. So we are very, very discerning on where we place um, shareholder capital. Where we do believe we can grow is locally. We don't believe that Citadel have its full share of the local market, so there still is uh, quite a bit of growth opportunity in Citadel. We do believe that um, that this year was a particularly tough year for for for, for South African businesses. So you know, hopefully, uh, but I accept the fact that hope is not a strategy. That uh, but that but you know, hopefully we 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 will if we're not there yet, we will soon be off the worst of where we are economically in South Africa. And, you know, performance fees will begin to flow. Because if you look at our results this year, it's almost a very, 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 you know, uh, muted performance fee performance. That's It's really just core annuity earnings going forward. So if you look at Peregrine's strategy in the next one year, it's to keep to keep doing what, we, what we're best at, servicing our clients, doing the best investments we can do for our clients, and maintaining costs uh, as, as well as we can finding the right acquisitions, but we're not in a rush to do so. And in the years one, two, and three, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Five years is a long time, Lindsay. We don't envisage in a a South African environment where it's fluid and volatile what five years looks like. We certainly focus on the next three years. And for the next three years, it's really business as usual, head down, keep going, focus on costs, uh, focus on annuity flows, focus on on servicing customers well, and, which is what we do. We can see, as mentioned before, we have a, a very high, strong um, customer retention rate. Growing off our existing books, we still believe that our existing customers, we don't have full share of wallets, so to speak, so we've got opportunities to mine in that front as well. And, uh, you know, just to continue being a consistent, solid, high-dividend-paying performer, which hopefully will be growing year on year. Very That's good. really our one to three year Excellent. You're the CEO of Peregrine, so you're inextricably linked with the markets. What do you think of the markets at the moment? Because on the one hand, we've got a long-in-the-tooth global growth uh, scenario. Uh, The US markets are doing extraordinarily well, as evidenced by the the Mario Draghi rally and the Trump Xi rally that we saw two nights ago. Um, But on the other hand, um, if that is going to sort of fizzle out, which many people think it is, and the South African market is, I don't know, 
people say it's it's offering value at the moment, but it'll, it, that value will be destroyed should the US markets come down. It's a very long-winded question. What do you think of the markets at the moment? Well, I think there's there's two questions. I think in markets we're looking offshore markets and we're looking local markets. You know, if I can deal with the, yeah. with the local markets first. Yeah, I think your point is right, and I think that there's a lot of value in the local markets. But I do believe that that South Africa, in and of itself, is in for a wok-shaped recovery. Now, a wok, for our listeners who don't know, is a Chinese eating bowl where the oh, that saucer thing. You mean? A, it's yeah. the same thing. So mm. I think that that's where we are. So I think we're in for a long road to recovery in South Africa, economically, politically. Uh, there's a lot of challenges, and these challenges are not going to be, be be resolved overnight. So I do believe that South African uh, equity markets are going to, you know. To reflect that long challenge, challenging road of recovery, I, I, my personal opinion, I would love it. It'll be great for for our business in particular for a a V-shaped recovery. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm less optimistic of that. I'm 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 I don't I'm not as negative uh, as, as 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 a lot of people around me in South Africa and speaking to. Um, you know, to to people, but you know, as you said, earlier said, you know, are we at the end of South Africa? It's certainly not. Um, and I, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't believe things are as good as they seem, nor as bad as they seem. And I think you know, South Africans, we 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 tend to make it a lot worse than it seems. But that's my personal opinion. So I am optimistic. I think we are pregnant with hope in South Africa, and hopefully that you know, if 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 the government can 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 resolve some of its challenges, I think that we could get uh, you know quite a nice pickup in. In, in local markets, in offshore markets, it's difficult to say because you know there's a lot of noise going on with uh, Trump and his uh, his tariffs and his trade wars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think if you can, if we can get through and past that, um, I think we'll settle down in, in 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 offshore markets as well. But I think that there are some challenging times there too regarding global liquidity and a lot of those. Um, macroeconomic challenges that uh, that global markets change. So I think all in all, I think that we are still in for challenging times, both locally and internationally. I really do believe that. Yeah, well, it's always challenging. But at the moment, especially with the market being long in the tooth, uh, the challenges could manifest themselves as something rather unpleasant. But I'm sure, as one of the oldest hedge fund managers in in the country, you'll be ready for these challenges, Robert. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I remember Lindsay in, it was a good couple of years ago where, you know, I bumped into one of the guys, the managers here, and, you know, it was a, it was two months or three months, I think it was in the 2013, 14, where performances in the, on the local markets were particularly poor. And he said to me, listen, you know, this is a time where we really, really put put real value on book, which he did. And, you know, the, the, the returns following that in the months to come were stellar. So, you know, this is a time where, where value and experienced managers can really seek out and mm. find seriously underpriced assets and go for the long term. Remember, that's a long game. This it's not a short game, and investors need to know that you know these are long term investments, and you know the you can't you can't get nervous um, due to volatility of markets in the short term. You, you you shouldn't really be in markets if that's your if that's your profile. So. You know, we do believe uh, that, you know, every market cycle and every market volatility brings its own opportunities, either on the buy or the sell side. And that's what we do. And that's what we've been doing for 20 years. And uh, we've been doing it quite successfully. So it's certainly not all doom and gloom 
irrespective of which way the market is going. Robert, thanks so much for your time. Well done on those results. Well done on being a company that has endured over 20 years in a difficult environment. That was Robert Katz, who is the CEO of Peregrine, whose year-end results were released earlier today. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.